Welcome to another episode of Viatorian Voices Conversations on the Way. This is pre-associate Dan Masterton, and I'll be your host for these episodes in the Boulder Dream series for ministerial formation. Today we focus on liturgical and music ministry. For this topic, our guest is Molly Mattingly. Molly is the Director of Music Ministry for St. John's Parish and Creighton University Campus Ministry in Omaha, Nebraska. She studied music education and theory at Ithaca College and went on to a Master's in Sacred Music at the University of Notre Dame. After volunteer years abroad in music and youth ministry, she began work at Creighton, where she's been in their campus ministry for 10 years. To start, I asked Molly how she believes we ought to engage young people in liturgical ministry. Enjoy the conversation. With joy and beauty, I think is my first answer. Um, we've just come through at the beginning of the semester, um, kind of the recruitment push to get new students involved in liturgical ministries. And a lot of those students are freshmen and they were involved in their home parishes or their high school, and they're excited to do that again in their in their college experience. And some are sophomores, juniors, even seniors who have been thinking about it for a while and have a friend who's maybe involved, um, who who's bringing them in or who have, you know, they, they, I, I don't do this part of the training, but uh, they want to learn how to do like the figure eights and the incense. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they see how much um, their peers enjoy it and, and what it adds to their prayer and they want to get involved in that. So that's probably the, the starting point <laughs> for getting them involved. So when someone comes forward and says that they want to be a liturgical ministry leader or serve mm-hmm. in a liturgical ministry, what kinds of things do you want to get them thinking about, praying about? What kinds of stuff comes up when you're meeting together as a group or talking someone through kind of the mechanics or like the process of serving in a liturgy? What yeah. kind of stuff do you do for preparation with them? Well, the, the very first thing I do is ask them what's their favorite mass time to go to, because that will kind of inform um, <laughs> where they're actually going to be. We have We have five masses right now across the weekend from Saturday evening all the way through Sunday night. So yeah, it makes the difference. And there's there's kind of a different flavor to each of those communities. Um, I primarily work with music ministry students. Um, and so I also ask questions about, you know, what's what are your favorite styles of music to pray with? And, and they do an audition and I get to hear their voice and a little bit about where they're coming from and can kind of sense which group is gonna be the best fit um, for them. And, uh, and, and I, I try to make sure that nobody gets completely turned away. <laughs> There really is a place for everybody, whether it's with one of the um, parish community ensembles that's intergenerational, or if they're an early morning person and they want to canter for the 8 a.m. mass, which is just like acapella mass parts, or if they're really looking for a community of, of peer students um, that, that meets in the evening, and whether that's kind of more eclectic or classically, um, including classical um, styles, I guess, but, but the group that I have that does that is also pretty eclectic in the rest of their musical choices. Um, or if they're more more towards a praise and worship style, I, I try to sense what they're looking for to help them find a good fit. And there's uh, you asked about you asked about preparation. So one of the things I'm pretty proud of in the last few years of my work at uh, at Creighton is this group of the student coordinators for some some of the different choirs and different nice. liturgical ministries. Which right now is it's in its third year, so it's in its third iteration. <laughs> right now, that includes the student coordinators for three different student choirs plus a new praise and worship music with adoration that we're that we're getting started and also some of the student coordinators for the Protestant worship on campus so they're all 
leaders in different liturgical traditions and different kind of liturgical iterations, but leaders of communal prayer for a small community within the larger community. And and we're at a we're at a Jesuit university, so it seemed really intuitive to me to to try to integrate the really deep personal spirituality that Ignatian prayer styles are with the really deep communal spirituality that liturgical prayer is. Yes. And so um so we we try to do a lot of conversation between those two things while also giving them the skills that they need and the you know the reasons behind why we do what we do in liturgy. So you acknowledge there really nicely how prayer and liturgy have this individual part, but also this communal part, and there's kind of an interplay. Mm -hmm. So even maybe like reaching back to how you place people in choirs or connect people to certain masses, how would you describe the importance of like relationships and that community life in the way that you bring people into participation in liturgy and in ministry and ministry leadership? It's really important. It's uh, it's a big part of my vocation story, and so it's it's something that I really want to pass on and help people find. The kind of nutshell version is, uh, I think, re- regardless if it's a choir or a like a book club or a you know faith formation group or like a faith sharing group, uh, having a small community within the larger community of the church that you go to is really grounding and anchoring and important, and it allows for that kind of flowering in um, in the larger community. In my my faith story, um, I, I grew up in a choir that uh, practiced in my living room <laughs> that my my parents helped to lead. And within that that first small ensemble, almost all of the adults were godparents to each other's kids. So it was a uh, eight or ten people who and all of the kids would like play around during rehearsals. And eventually, we they they were like surprised when three of us ended up in musical oriented careers. <laughs> <laughs> Shocking, right? Shocking, yeah. So so being around that mattered a lot, um, and it it was also, you know, even in grade school, it was a community of peers. When I was in fourth grade and able to join the liturgical choir at my grade school, it was um, one of the things that I did in high school was the liturgical ensemble because I had some of those skills already and and liked doing it. And so it was a community that I could easily plug into. Same in my college experience, which was at a non-Catholic or Christian college. The the people who wanted to show up and do that ministry kind of formed a core faith shared group uh, within within the larger college community. And then and then and then we've we've shared the experience of the Notre Dame folk choir and the the kind of unique community dynamic that went along with praying together as a choir and serving in ways that were not necessarily liturgical, but were linked to our liturgical ministry and, and built up the community together. So I want to get, I want to give them that. Yeah. So within that, what kind of like Mm -hmm. prayer or retreats or like faith sharing practices do you like recommend or try to practice with liturgical ministers that you work with? Each of the choirs, the student choirs, especially um, has a, has a different kind of organic prayer practice that's evolved at their rehearsals and some of that was intentional and some of it just grew so there's a in in one of the choirs they start uh, at the end of rehearsal by singing an ostinato song um they use be still and know that i am god and then uh one of the students is uh, one of my student coordinators is the chaplain for that choir so um that person puts together you know reads the gospel for the coming weekend and either writes their own reflection about it to share or finds a reflection for the weekend to read aloud. 
And then there's a little bit of time for shared prayer. We turned down the lights, we light a candle at the, at the beginning of this. And at the end of the shared prayers, there's, um, there's a prayer that one of the previous choir chaplains helped me compose, um, which I've just printed on the back of all the binders. <laughs> and so it's a, a prayer specifically for music ministry. Um, and we close with that and, and invoking our favorite saints. And then they, you know, go off and, and live the rest of their week. There's one of the other choirs has a practice of at the beginning of their rehearsal, they'll use one of the songs that they're that they're praying with that mass, usually one of the kind of more reflective tempo ones. And they'll sing the first verse and then the accompanist for that choir will just kind of background play for a little bit. And the student director will lead a little bit of reflection either about that song or bringing what people brought from their week, knowing what's coming up. And they'll pray the rest of the song after that spoken part. And they, they set an intention for the week or a challenge for the week at the end of the mass um, when they're done, like based on what they were praying for. You know, your challenge this week is to, uh, when you're feeling down on yourself, remind yourself of the homily that we heard or something else like that. And we're also really big about uh, checking in as you are in campus ministry. So there's, there's one of the choirs that when they gather for rehearsal, they say, how do you arrive? Word or a phrase about how you arrive. Um, and then just welcome all of that into the room to help them get settled and rehearse and pray together. Nice. We also try to do some non-liturgical service that's that's connected. Like one of them goes uh, caroling at the at one of the local homeless shelters the week before finals every year. And and they always have really wonderful experiences coming back from that, even though it's just kind of a, a dropping in and offering a gift that is kind of in the background as much as people want it to be mm. or in the foreground as much as they want it to be. So one of the interesting things about being a liturgical minister or music minister is that you're going to mass, but you're also kind of doing a role or doing a job. Mm -hmm. How do you see the connection between like one person's personal spirituality and what they're kind of receiving from being a part of mass while also trying to be in this ministry role or leadership role? How do you balance that or what do you try to like steer people towards so that they don't lose that part of being at mass with the community. Yeah, that's where I think the awareness and, and having a personal prayer life really matters. So for example, last last night at our um, student coordinators meeting that we were, we were doing some reflection and formation around kind of finishing up what the gathering rites looked like. And we had talked about, you know, their identity and then their image of God. And we've done some reflection around that in that last meeting and, and the beginning of this one, which is related to how do you arrive? Be aware of how you arrive and the self that you're bringing to this and the person you expect to meet. The Who do you expect is listening to you? That's really important. It, it uh, matters into what you share, the God you expect is listening. And so at the end, we were sharing images of God and, and petitions um, and gratitude for things that God had done for us in the past to do an exercise about how to, how to create a collect prayer on the fly. <laughs> if you're ever asked to, play, to pray in public, and we uh, we put a little part in there about finding your prayer voice as a as a leader of public prayer, which is a little bit different than a liturgical ministry. I mean, some of these students are are going to be doing that in their liturgical ministry in um, in our Protestant service. For a lot of the musicians, it's about being aware of where you're coming from in the voice that you're offering because it it changes. It changes your tone with whether you're praying the thing that you're saying or not. So we we talked a little bit about you know, in a, in a public prayer voice, you, you got to be aware of your relationship with God, even if you're not explicitly talking about your relationship with God, 
because how you're feeling with God is going to influence how, how you're leading other people and inviting other people into that prayer. In addition to, you know, just logistic things like people need to be able to hear you. <laughs> um, you need to be able to understand your sentences in a, in a large space with a microphone, you know, stand in a way that, that uh, gives you confidence and lets other people know that it's okay to enter into the prayer that you're leading. Yeah. So then maybe from there, you hopefully can help form people to be of service to their community through liturgy, to take on leadership roles. But then sometimes at our universities and colleges, we have these really special experiences of parish life and community life, especially when we're with other undergraduates who are living there and like so deeply invested. And then people graduate and they go all over the country or back to hometowns where maybe they don't have a parish they like, or they're having trouble finding a faith home. And maybe there's an unrealistic standard that they have from high school or from their hometown or from their university or college. So what kind of like realism do you try to impart without, you know, ripping down the joy and hope that is built up in people? What's the encouragement, joy and hope that you share alongside that realism to help people prepare for all of the faith life they have following this experience? So I, I really hope that um, people's college experience of liturgy is not the high point of their prayer life and faith journey for the rest of their lives. Some years I remember to say this to them and some years I don't. I, I tell them like the experience you have had here is really valuable and, and worth treasuring. And we're part of a really big church. Um, so you know that you're, they know by that point that their home parish isn't the same as their college experience. And for some of them, that's a really awesome thing. And for some, some of them, it's not a really awesome thing. Like they like their home parish better, some of them. So, so to remind them that the place that they're going next won't be the same. And that doesn't mean that they won't grow there. It doesn't mean that it won't be a good community for them. It will just be different. And they need them. <laughs> um, I actually, I pray a lot for the, uh, for the parishes that are receiving the graduates that, that we send forth. First, because because I just really care about them, um, but uh, but I really hope that the parishes that they're going to invite them in in a really welcoming way and and value the experience that they're bringing, while also recognizing that these young people have something to give to your parish and your parish has something to give to them. There's an exchange. It's not all about the most special way that we've ever experienced um, liturgical prayer. That there's there's something to be said for this new community that we're part of. There's more growth to happen. Yeah, that reciprocity is big, giving and mm -hmm. receiving, and also like helping people acclimate to that. Sometimes it's more kind of ho-hum and routine and ordinary yeah. time is the longest season of the church year. And yeah. sometimes our faith lives just need some ordinary time too. Yeah, that's that's something that even I, I, also, I also do some spiritual direction um, with students. And for people who are in a time of their lives where they're coming of age in their faith and they're really, they're discovering a lot of new things about their relationship with God. And like most relationships, that's very exciting and wonderful. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, you might get to a point where it's like you've done that part and, and then you just live life and it's not exciting all the time and that's okay. <laughs> it really is. Um, and in a parish, like not everyone is going to be the same age that you are probably in fact like that's kind of a an unusual experience in a college setting that everyone is pretty much the same age that you are like you're not going to have the same free time as everybody else they're in kind of different stages of life so it, it can just take a little longer 
to feel like you're settling in. So last question then, question we've been asking everybody. What advice or insight do you have for Viatorians who are striving to be good companions of youth and young adults today? From your experience and your perspective, what would you want people to hear or know? I think take young people seriously. This one of the sort of maybe silly things that I say sometimes, but when when I was in high school, I was the oldest I had ever been. When I was in college, I was the oldest I had ever been. I'm still the oldest I've ever been, and so are they. And I may have a little more experience, but they still have as much experience as they've ever had. And that's that's worth honoring and letting them own. So yeah, I hope I hope that we all can give everybody the the best space that we can to encounter Christ and and let them know that the experience they've had is valuable and it's not done yet. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Folks who would like to reach out can email Molly at mollymattingly at creighton.edu, which is also listed in the show notes. Our thanks to Molly for sharing her insights and our prayers for her continued ministries with young people. To learn more about the Viatorians or invite vocational accompaniment, email us at vocations at viatorians.com or DM us on social media at ViatorianUSA. On behalf of Brother Peter and the Viatorian community, I'm pre-associate Dan Masterton. Venerable Louis Kerbs, inspire us. St. Vider, pray for us. Adored and loved be Jesus. Mm-hmm.